Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Okay, all ball community. I'm about to make your holidays even happier. Get the Epson Eco tank cartridge free printer because you know it's not festive cartridge conniptions those panic freakouts that happen when those pricey ink cartridges run out at the worst possible time like when you're halfway through printing your holiday cards with Epson Eco tank kiss expensive cartridges goodbye this printer has big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink so you can just fill and chill all season long now that's Mary Epson Eco tank learn more at Epson dot com slash all ball with Doug. Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural, active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources, free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com slash kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot com slash kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Want to boost your immunity and protect your community? Get a COVID-19 booster. 
They help keep you and others safe from the virus and its variants this season and beyond. If it's been at least six months since your last dose of Pfizer or Moderna, or at least two months since your last dose of J&J, it's time for a booster. Visit myturn.ca.gov to find a booster near you. Let's keep our immunity strong. Get your booster and a flu shot while you're at it, too. Brought to you by the California Department of Public Health. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. Welcome in to this week's version of All Ball. All basketball, all the time. And uh, let's get you ready for the NCAA tournament. But before we do so... Before we do so, let's talk a little bit, just a little bit, about some of the other issues in the sport. Most notably, a couple of the firings. I'm not one of these guys that's going to do the fake outrage over every coach that is fired. Uh, We've kind of discussed this a little bit in the past. I mean, Tim Miles has just such a great balanced way about him where he's just like, hey, look, you know, I want to keep the job. Yeah, but if I don't, I'm a millionaire and I'll have to go back and find another job. Um, So... There is a, and that doesn't mean I, I want him to be fired. I mean, between Jim Molinari, who played for my dad, uh, and Mike Lewis, who's a close personal friend of mine, um, I I would just sit there and tell you, hey, I think those are really good guys, and they won 13 games in the Big Ten last year when there's only 18 games. Obviously, this year was much more of a struggle. But regardless of my relationships with any any one of these different coaches, I would I would point this out there are different jobs and different some of the firings make sense they do it doesn't make it cool i don't doesn't mean i'm okay with it like oh you like to see people get fired like no that ain't it on the other hand i just there's a reality to the fact that it's a job and for and some people you know if they if their boss doesn't think they've done a good job or in all candor they might not be their boss's guy and so that's that's another reason that they um that they lose their job. So the idea that every coaching firing is wrong is in fact wrong. It just is. On the other hand, the idea that every coaching firing is right, you know, also, you know, there's got to be a reason. And sometimes the reasons are bizarre. I'll just start with this. And this is really, really important. Um, What you take over, who you work for, you know, I have lots of friends and many of you guys are downloading the show and you're still kind of looking for your first ever head coaching job. I would include myself in that mix, although I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm actively, uh, actively looking, right? Um, what I would tell you is those people, you just take, a lot of times you, you like to take a job, right? Just take a job because you don't know when the next job will be open. You don't know when you'll have that next. Sometimes you get it because of relationships. Sometimes you get it because of the proximity to where you work. Sometimes you get it because of the hot streak that you're on as a team. On the other hand, sometimes when you take second jobs, oftentimes, you know, these mistakes are in fact preventable. And those preventable mistakes are, you know, be careful who you're going to work for, you know, be, be careful who, if you're, let's take Marvin Menzies. Okay. Marvin Menzies is a perfect example. He got fired at UNLV after just three years. It's not just that he got fired at UNLV at three years, but the athletic director that hired him is no longer there. It's not just that he wasn't the first choice. He actually wasn't the first hire, right? Like that's the crazy thing about it. He wasn't the first choice. He wasn't the first hire. Um, 
So when, when that happens, like I, I think people have to be reasonable about it. They had fired Dave Rice midseason. The thing was all kinds of a mess. They wanted to hire Mick Cronin, thought that was done. Mick got on a plane, flew back to Cincinnati, was like, what am I doing? And he smartly didn't leave his alma mater where, you know, his daughter uh, lived and, you know, his ex-wife's there as well. And look at the success that he's had. It doesn't mean he wouldn't have had success in at UNLV, but it would have been a dramatic life change, one that I'm sure at that point in time in his life he wasn't ready for. And it also should be pointed out that it's it, it, it's also a sign of understanding that UNLV was a was a bit of a mess at the time because of the timing of everything. So then they hired Chris Beard, right? Remember that? That Chris Beard was in fact the uh was in fact the, the first hired head coach. Well, then Chris Beard, of course, got a chance to go to Texas Tech after Tubby Smith. And then, you know, so now you've had I I get technically Marvin Menzi was the fourth head coach in half of a year. Right? So, because you fired Dave Rice, interim, Beard, Menzies. So he gets the job. You have to clean the thing up and get it going. And even if you could sit there and go, well, Marvin didn't do this or Marvin didn't do that. And there are other factors to play in, you know, that league has been down. Nevada being up, I think, doesn't sit well with the alums who they, they view Nevada as Nevada Reno, no matter how successful Nevada is. UNLV guys are like that's Nevada Reno. They shouldn't. They shouldn't even be in this conversation. So that part hurt as well. I don't think their TV deal does them a ton of justice. Like I know, having done games in CBS Sports Network, this is no knock on the crews that do it because they got good crews that are dedicated that know the league super well. And I've done some of those games, even working now with Stadium. But the fact is that it's not viewed on equal footing as games on Fox or games on ESPN. It's just not. And they don't have a CBS Network deal. So it's not like you're seeing UNLV versus Nevada on CBS on a Saturday. Like if I was negotiating the deal, that's probably something you'd try and push for. I don't know if you could get it. So the league being down, the league's TV deal, the town became a hockey town last winter because of their newfound hockey success. And they struggled to put people in the building. And it was, it's really rough. Um, and there is something too. Hey, if you don't think some guys, the guy make the change now, as opposed to making everybody wait an additional year. But I think considering what he inherited, and again, I'm not a crier about every coach that loses his job, many of these guys, but considering what he inherited, I, I think it's really quick. I think it's really hard to smartly and rightfully turn that thing around. That just feels like a bad deal to me. And then we go to Phil Martelli at St. Joe's, who's there 34 years and was fired. And it uh, turns out I, I, I called his last NCAA tournament game. They lost to Oregon after an incredible win against Cincinnati. And um, obviously that was a couple years ago. Um, but I just, I can only say this about Phil Martelli. So I'm the son of a coach or brother of a coach. And I don't have any necessary connections with Martelli per se. I've covered his games. I've covered his practices. Uh, I've had, I've had social encounters with him. He and I did this thing at the coaches versus cancer deal in Iowa years ago, where we really struck up a good friendship. And there's a, and he was always very kind to my father, but I, you know, like I didn't play for him. I didn't play for anybody close to him. I, I didn't, it wasn't like he called me to scout games and to, Hey, do you know anything about this kid or this player? Nothing. 
but he is one of those guys where if you're a hoop guy, if you're a ball guy, if you show you showed up his practice and you'd watch game tape, if you showed up his game and you knew both sides of the ball, uh, both teams, both benches, if you knew why he did what he did, if you were reasonable about St. Joe's and their growth and and how difficult it was to sustain what they had going back to 2004, he respected you. So much so that when I have interviewed for coaching jobs, um, I didn't even reach out. He reached out to me. Hey, can I help you with, with this? Yeah, I really, really need help. And and I'm guessing, again, a lot of you are basketball guys. You know that this is the, this is the truth about ba- basketball. They say basketball is family. It really is. And kind of once you're in and... People treat you like family, treat me like a son or young, you know, or nephew or whatever. And when you're one of the guys like me, look, my mentor, he's not capable anymore of picking up the phone and calling people. Uh, it, it hurts our basketball family. Uh, Phil Martelli was. Phil Martelli was the guy who said, you know, if you get a job, this is who you should hire and here's why. If you, you want to get a job, this is the type of job you should get. This is how you should implement your defense. One of the things he said, which was great, and this is a great Phil Martelliism, is in the spring, have him play a bunch of one-on-one and two-on-two. Just have him be in the gym and be competitive. Do that some during practice. Um, and the, the logic behind it is, if you try and put in your, you get a job in the spring and you try and put in your offense, you try and show the players how smart you are. By the time you get to the actual game, they're going to have tuned you out 10 times over. And I just thought that was, there was a ton of genius to it. A ton of genius to it. And um, just the, the simplicity in, hey, don't try and show them not just how smart you are, but don't try and show them how smart you are too early in the process because when you do, they will tune you out, and w- once they tune you out, they don't tune you back in. So Phil Martelli was fired, and he's obviously, he's had, you know, his backcourt has been oft injured since that NCAA tournament appearance three years ago. Um, and, you know, his program was always built around great guards. I think it sucks. I think he'll coach again. I think he'll coach real soon. I think there's been an unbelievable outpouring of emotion for a guy, and I'll grant you that, Yes, he was an institution. Just because he's an institution doesn't mean he can't be fired or he can't. But it, it did feel like he was blindsided by it. It did feel like it wasn't an organic firing. And while St. Joe's is allowed to do that, you know, Temple's going to have a new head coach as well. Aaron McKee's going to take over there. Maybe this is keeping up with the Big Five Joneses. Nova has done this. Nova's been so good in the, in the Big Five or the City Series, counting, in, counting uh, Drexel, that it's really been hard to compete with them in terms of the headlines. And St. Joe's once upon a time was every bit as competitive. It's hard. It's hard. I know they got a beautiful facility that they redid, but they redid it because of Phil Martelli. But just because not everybody's fireable doesn't mean there's not, not a way to do it. And what you run the risk of when you're an athletic director is you have 30 years of great history. And look, Phil, there's a coach, um, I'll name him. His name is Bob Williams. Bob Williams won a national championship at UC Davis. And for 18 years, I believe he was the coach at UC Santa Barbara. And Bob Williams told me, and this is a famous coaching line, as many of you know, every year I'm here, I create an enemy. So now I have 18 enemies. And I'm sure that Phil Martelli, 34 years, I'm sure there's 34 enemies. There are, there, he was outspoken. He's opinionated. Um, 
sometimes when you don't win as much as you did at one point in time, you can get, I never found him to be defensive to the national media. I can't tell you in the local media. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four Taps on your smartphone. You can also view collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of All Ball a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Doug1.Robinhood.com. That's Doug1.Robinhood.com. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to go through every game in the first round and I'm going to give you my stream of conscious. Duke uh versus the winner of North Carolina Central, which is really weird because North Carolina Central is literally right next door to Duke and North Dakota State. I think that's odd. I mean, obviously I like Duke. Duke the, the thing with Duke is um, I don't think you can pressure them, but you have to be able to handle their pressure. You got to be able to make them shoot and box out rebound. I actually would love the VCU matchup. I don't think they're as good as Duke, but when your best player is hurt and rehabbing just to get back for the second round for the first round, excuse me. Um, I like central Florida over VCU. If you haven't seen BJ Taylor, he can really, really shoot the basketball. Um, he's not a true ball handler and, I do think you can crank them up pressure-wise. If VCU is fully healthy, I would take VCU, but they're not. I'm going to take UCF, and then and then Duke to beat Central Florida. I, you know, I I don't Taco Fall. Taco Fall has gotten better every single year, but I just don't know who he guards in that game. And throwing it to him while he can be effective, he's not so effective. He's not a Keem Elijah one down there. Uh, Mississippi State taking on Liberty. Uh, look, Liberty's really skilled. Um, and they're going to surprise you, right? Caleb Holmesley uh, is, uh, he's kind of one of those all everything guard wings. Um, you know, look, I, I like, I like uh, Lovell Cabell Jr. He's a, he's a senior from Arlington, Texas. This is an older team, an experienced team. And one, uh, you know, with, with Scotty James, who's got a tremendous amount of, uh, of versatility. Uh, first thought with Mississippi State Liberty is I saw Liberty and maybe it's because I've seen them play twice. I've seen Mississippi State as well. I, I like Liberty in that game. Virginia Lewis uh, with Justin Robinson back. I think Virginia Tech is a legit threat to Duke if they can get to the Sweet 16. Going to take Virginia Tech. St. Louis uh, played great in the A-10 tournament. Great. Unbelievable finish. And, you know, considering you lost your incoming recruit a handful of games in to transfer, to get things together at the right time of the season – I mean, Travis Ford, what a remarkable recovery for that St. Louis team. That, that's pretty good. Uh, but I like Virginia Tech. We've seen Belmont now as Belmont took down Maryland. And I, I do think this is a very young Maryland team. I think the fourth youngest team in college basketball. They've obviously struggled a little bit down the stretch, closing out games. Um, and as much as Bruno Fernando can help them on offense, 
Uh, he will kind of struggle on defense to guard the perimeter-oriented Belmont team. And I always think it's easier to play that second game when you're playing with nothing to lose. I, I know it's a quick turnaround. They played Tuesday night, and they'll play tonight. Uh, this is Thursday, the time of the recording. But I like Belmont to win that game. I also like Yale to beat LSU. I just think that not having Will Wade, there's a difference in coaching. And there's just kind of a cloud that hovers over LSU. And this Yale team is athletic enough to do a good job against LSU, even if Tremont Waters is coming home to Connecticut. I like Yale. Louisville, Minnesota. I've told people on Twitter, I love Louisville. Uh, Minnesota struggles to shoot the basketball. Uh, Michigan State, uh, Bradley. I don't think Michigan State is in trouble here. And the second round could be interesting because, remember, they've already played already played Louisville early this season and lost to the Cardinals. That would be a fantastic rematch. Um, I think Michigan State has improved, and I think they're the better team. But I also think that'll be a hell of a game, and that's one that Tom Izzo, his team is, real, is I think, worn down by the run in the Big Ten and the run in the Big Ten tournament. Gonzaga should have no trouble with Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, with Howard out for Syracuse now for the remainder of the season, I would expect Baylor to beat Syracuse. Marquette Murray State's super exciting. Late night game, Hartford Civic Center. You have the speed, athleticism, uh, the dynamic play of John Morant going against the the skill of the Hauser brothers and the talent of Marcus Howard. I like Marquette to beat Murray State. I just think they shoot it so well. I think they're better defensively than they've ever been. That's not saying much. Um, If Theo John stays out of foul trouble, I like that Marquette team. And I don't think Florida State has any trouble with Vermont. I do think that Marquette will have trouble with the length of Florida State in the second round. Um, Arizona State, St. John's, obviously we got a Recording this on a Saturday, I think Arizona State's going to win that game. I don't think it matters. Buffalo is going to beat either one of those teams. Tech I have over Northern Kentucky. Um, I love Nevada. I don't love them against the zone of Florida or uh, or the loaded up defense of Michigan. But I and I can't believe that they're a seven seed. But I do think that a team that's been to the Sweet Sixteen with four guys twenty three years or older, um, if they can make shots, they'll beat Florida and they'll play Michigan in the second round. Wouldn't stun me, wouldn't stun me if Nevada went to a Sweet 16. I don't think Virginia will have a trouble with Gardner-Webb, but Gardner-Webb is better than most traditional 16 seeds. Ole Miss all over Oklahoma. Oklahoma's, uh, uh, Jemani McNeese has been hurt, and they come kind of sputtering in down the stretch. Freshman point guard, don't love it against Mississippi, who's got a great backcourt. I do like Oregon over Wisconsin. Oregon didn't struggle for lack of talent. They were hurt, and they weren't playing together. Now they're not hurt, with the exception of Bull Bull, and they're playing together. I'll take Oregon. Um, I loved UC Irvine when this thing came out. And then I went back and looked at K-State getting up 11 nothing and pummeling UC Irvine last year. I think Irvine's better this year. And K-State's probably not going to have Will Wade. I'm Will Wade. Sorry. Uh, Dean Wade. But I still like Kansas State to win. Kansas State will play Oregon. You have the rematch of Dana Altman's old school against Dana Altman's, uh, well, very much new school, I guess, even though he's been there nine years. Nova St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's going to give them a hell of a game. Wouldn't stun me if they won this game. Remember, this, this Nova team, um, if they make threes, really hard to play against. But I don't think they have the mismatches that they normally have uh, because you're playing a, a St. Mary's team, which is going to play at their own pace, be very physical with you, and they too can invert their offense. Uh, I like Old Dominion over Purdue. Old Dominion is tremendous defensively, very good rebounding the ball. Cincinnati all over Iowa. Iowa just doesn't have, uh, I think, the, 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 uh, the, the defense is better, but it's not great. And 
Um, and their offense, while they have some really skilled players, Jordan Bohannon just is not a guy who can get a step, even on big guys. And I think that's been exposed some. I like Cincinnati against Tennessee. North Carolina, they'll take on Utah State. Utah State's super, super connected. And Washington started to come apart a little bit at the seams. Plus, Utah State really good against the zone. Very good passing, cutting, spacing team. And top five in the country in Kempom defense, two-point defense as well. Auburn, New Mexico State. Um, look, New Mexico State's talented, and Christian's a really good coach. Uh, this Auburn team is not as talented as even last year's, but I do think they're good enough, um, even on short notice, to turn around and beat New Mexico State. Kansas Northeastern will be closer than you think, but Kansas will win. Iowa State has the talent to go to the Final Four. They just don't play much defense. They'll take on, I think, Houston, although Georgia State runs a really good matchup zone, and, uh, and they might have the best player in that game. Wofford over Seton Hall. I know Seton Hall also kind of a one-man team, but I like Wofford's skill, and, and you got Kentucky. Uh, wouldn't stun me if Wofford gives Kentucky a really good game. All right, let's welcome in my man Evan Daniels. Um, now that St. John's season is done, how do we encapsulate that, right? They kind of went all in. They had all these transfers, all these older guys. They played a soft schedule to start the year and, uh, you know, blown out by Duke. Did get to the NCAA tournament, eliminated in the first four. But Mullen actually got his team back to the tournament, uh, something he had not done as a coach. Successful year, how would you characterize the year? I mean, it didn't, it didn't, um, they didn't reach expectations, not with that talent. Um, I mean, they were the last team into the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, the amount of talent on that team is pretty high. Shamari Pons, Mustafa Aaron, um, you know, I think most thought entering the year that this was a team that, you know, had the chance to, and the talent to be, a, you know, to win a couple games in the NCAA tournament. So I mean, I would imagine I, I don't think it. I don't know where you you stand on this, but like I, I don't think they reached expectations. I don't think so either. But I do think it's interesting. I, I saw a tweet, a similar tweet from Jeff Goodman moments ago, and my thing is like, are they really that talented? Right? Like Auburn thinks they're a better team without Mustafa Heron. Um, you know, Marvin Clark did nothing tonight. He's a guy who I, I, you know, had he stayed around at Michigan state, I do think he would have been useful, but he wasn't going to play last year. They had better players. Um, right. You know, so like there's a, the, the strength of this team was they had a bunch of, most of their transfers were older dudes that had sat out, but there's a reason that they transferred. Uh, Pons was the one guy, but you know, again, Pons is in college this long because he's a, he's an undersized two guard that scores and doesn't do much else. So I don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess my thing is, um, yeah, I think it was a little disappointing, but I also think us assuming that their talent is so great. I'm not sure. I, I, LJ Figueroa is probably their second most talented player. Um, but even he's a JC transfer. I don't. I don't know. There, maybe there's a reason that he was in junior college, like, right? So, so Justin so, Simon's best defender in the Big East. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, 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 I guess. It. But but why did he leave? Why did he leave Arizona? Why did he leave Arizona? Well, I mean, I think there's a there's a that's a completely separate topic. Like I th- I think Arizona one. I think maturity wise, he wasn't quite ready, and it just wasn't a good fit. But, I mean, he's developed the best. He's the best defender in the league. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Like they're not super deep, so I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. 
Yeah, and and like they have good college players, but so does Arizona State. Like Arizona State has really good athletes, you know, and right. Um, so you know, it's it. I, it's we do this in college sports. We do this in professional sports. We act like you're the only team trying, and if you're not trying, if you don't win, it's only because of your failings. Whereas like sometimes, hey, the other guy's trying too, <laughs> you know. Um, right. Okay, so it sets up Bobby Hurley versus Nate Oates, and. You know, I covered that Buffalo, his Bobby's last Buffalo game when they when they lost in the NCAA tournament, and Bobby would tell me like, "Hey, man, I let Nate coach a lot, and Nate has become this right. rising star." Um, I'll, we'll talk about the games itself. Does Nate Oates stay at Buffalo after this season? I don't think that there's going to be a ton of stuff opening up this year. That said. There might, you know, let's let's do a hypothetical here because I think that that we both know that there's a lot of buzz around Buzz Williams going to Texas A&M. If you're Virginia Tech, you know, I think you take a strong look at Nate Oates. Probably take a strong look at Ryan Odom and a couple other guys, but I think Nate Oates would be in a heavy play there. Um, but outside of that, like, what else? What else opens up? I think it depends. But I think he would be a strong play there. I don't think it's the- he's back. So the great thing about having you on tonight, the night before the NCAA tournament, of course, this is going to drop tomorrow, the day of the first day of the NCAA tournament is John Calipari came out with a tweet basically saying, hey, let's just put this thing to bed. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. But it was a real rumor. There was we had there was legitimate college basketball people talking about UCLA making some ridiculous offer. He couldn't refuse. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think where their legitimacy was is I think that. UCLA's interest in him was legitimate. What they were going to offer, I don't know. I mean, I just have trouble seeing that they could possibly come into that ballpark. But keep in mind, and I just tweeted this, Kenny Payne, Kentucky's associate head coach, makes $900,000 a year. Do you know what the allotment for assistant coaches for, for all of Steve Alford's whole staff was? I'm going to go a, a million. No, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. A hundred and fifty thousand no dollars less than one coach at Kentucky. So, like, I, I, I'm getting like blown up uh, on Twitter by UCLA fans and saying that they have this money. But like, if you're if that's what your salary allotment is for your for your staff, what kind of commitment does that show to your basketball program? I mean, think about it. There's there's. Um, Kenny Payne, $900,000. Well, that, that's the big I thing that I think the, the other thing that people don't realize about UCLA, um, and they, they just think that, well, it's the UCLA, they'll just throw money at them. And maybe that, maybe that they're going to try and throw money at this problem. But they never have previously. And then I don't even think there's a reality with, like you mentioned, Kenny Payne making nine hundred grand. Um, but Kenny Payne also makes nine hundred grand in Lexington, which like that's that's the equivalent to one five or two in L.A. Right? I mean, let's just kind of be honest with. Um, that, that's the biggest thing. Football always had this issue. Whereas even USC, if you offer the exact same amount at USC, USC will give guys give assistant coaches interest free loans so that they can live right. in Manhattan Beach. Whereas you know the UCLA coaches, they're living out in Timbuktu because even if you make three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars in assistant football coach, like that's not killing it in LA. That you can't live in Bel Air. You can't live in even Encino with that much. I actually so so as you know, I lived in Lexington for ten years. And at one point, I looked at moving to L.A. Manhattan Beach is like my favorite place in the world. 
if you have a hundred thousand dollar salary in Lexington, per like the calculator, you need to be making five hundred and twenty thousand to be equivalent and live in Manhattan Beach. So more than the cost of living is more than five times. That's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so and, who, and so all who, this cow stuff, like you saw his tweet, like I, at the end of the day, I'm sure he just used UCLA to go get a race, which is what they all do. Um, okay. Smart. So, it's smart. so, so, so what's a, I, I just, I can't see Tony Bennett. I can't see him building Virginia into this kind of perfect utopia. You know, he turned down Wisconsin where his dad, his parents live, you know, in a state that he grew up in. Granted, not the resources of L.A., but he just doesn't strike me as a SoCal guy. He doesn't strike me as a guy who, all right, let's start over. Let's do it the right way. And I just I I understand why UCLA would want to hire him. But I don't know why he would want to leave Virginia other than, hey, it's at some point you're tired of playing Carolina, Duke, Louisville, Syracuse. But it hasn't hurt. That's not what hurts. It's hurt his program. Is what's only thing that's hurt his program is they haven't won in the NCAA tournament. That's it. So, do you think Tony Bennett legitimately will pay attention to it? I think he would be. I think he would be wise to take the phone call. Um, but I, I would be surprised if we saw Tony Bennett and they, you know, on the UCLA sideline next year. I'm with you. I don't necessarily see him as, you know, the SoCal guy. And he also seems pretty content in Virginia. I mean, keep in mind, like, Tony's like a pretty to himself, uh, very down to earth, just kind of a quiet guy. Like, I, I see him as liking, you know, if you've been to Charlottesville, a nice place, but it's like, it's quaint. It's like, there's, there's not a lot of going on compared to a city like UCLA. It seems to fit his personality. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. No question. No question. It's got just enough of a little bit of everything, right? There's, um, I, I always, I had an affinity for Virginia. That was the first major school, high major school to offer me a scholarship when Jeff Jones was there. And, um, I, you know, I started doing research on him as a kid and I was like, man, this is, it, I, it's like what I told people about, about Notre Dame. It's like going to school in a museum, right? You're like, but this build, this building's how old and who designed it? Like, it's kind of amazing. You do stop and, and kick yourself. It's pretty, something pretty special he's been able to build there. I just don't know. Like, I, I get the UCLA thing. You know, my brother and sister went there. I've been to a million games there. I just don't know if, I don't know. So, okay. So let's say Tony doesn't take it. Who does? Well, the other names that I've heard um, would be um, Mick Cronin, Mike Hopkins. You know, there's been rumors out there about Mike Bray. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, but those would be the names that I've heard. Now, how legitimate those are, I don't know. But those come from, you know, industry sources that we all talk to. The Hopkins thing is interesting. Um, obviously, he's done a nice job at Washington, and he is a Southern California guy. Uh, it seems like a massive jump after such a short period of time. Massive, massive jump. Bray feels Bray does not feel like West Coast, and obviously they're not coming off of a great year. Maybe that doesn't matter because he's done more at Notre Dame than anybody since Digger, and, and you could maybe even argue uh, more than Digger, especially in the NCAA tournament. Um, 
I just don't know if any of those make sense. They make people want to go to a UCLA game. That's a weird one. And and I like I like Mick, but I don't see Mick as an LA guy. I think he's perfect where he is. Right. You know, no, I mean, he went three. there. He's from Bad there. Coaches. Like, they're really good coaches, but not. It doesn't make them a good fit. It doesn't mean they wouldn't win, but they would run into the same issues everybody runs into at UCLA, which is, yeah, you're just kind of that kind of kind of guy, kind of kind of guy. I don't know what it is. Um, so like if, if it's, if, if you don't think like who is, I guess, who is, I don't know. who is the good fit? You know, I well, Patino would have been perfect UCLA. before all this. Patino would have been perfect for all, before all this stuff, you know, he, I, yeah. I agree. He, I don't think he would have ever left Louisville to go to UCLA. If like his, his parting of ways had been more amicable than, and he was not coaching at Louisville, then I agree. I mean, Tino would have been great anywhere. I think he's the you best know, of all. all to be honest, anyway. to be honest with you, like I actually think he's probably the best all around in the last. You know, even better than Coach K. To be totally honest, because his teams, he's he's changed his styles multiple times. But he also was an innovator in terms of embracing the three point shot, pressing, you know, into the various zones. You know, his offense has evolved, um, and like, the look, he's shown he can a lot of huh. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, well, I was okay. going to say, I was going to add to that. Like the truth is, is he's oftentimes done more with less. Yes. Like his player development, guys have gotten better. Like think about the team that he won a title with. Like uh, Gordon no Yang was like a top fifty player, um, and he he's been in the NBA a little bit. But like Russ Russ Smith, I mean, coming out of high school, Russ Smith was just kind of known as a shot jacker. And, I mean, he still did that a little in college, but, like, he had that dude rolling. Peyton Siva was a – he was a top 50-type player coming out of high school. But, I mean, Luke Hancock, he took a transfer. Like, he's like – he just consistently – you're right on the innovative and change his style. And just consistently, I thought, from a um, – I mean, he wasn't going out and getting top 10 dudes. Well, people – but getting, people forget people forget when they were at Kentucky. I mean, he handed Tubby another championship. But, I mean, they, they were so ridiculously loaded, right? Like, when you gave him Kentucky, like, he was Cal before Cal, back when before guys had one and dones. He was loading up. I mean, he just loaded his teams up. Um, and, of course, there was Providence that he took to the Final Four. So, I actually think he's, the, he's the, honestly, the best all-around coach. And he's a great game coach as well, and a tactician. Have you ever been to one of his practices? Yes, it's amazing. He speaks at this level. He has a microphone when I've yep. been, and he speaks at this level. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's like a clinic. It's like watching a clinic. Um, no question. Um, the Porter, Porter Mosier to UNLV, the rumor is he turned it down, right? That Porter's waiting on what? His alma mater, Creighton, if the FBI thing gets big, or DePaul, which isn't going to open this year. Is that, is, that fair? is that a fair guess? That, would, that makes sense. I don't know. I really don't know enough about his situation, but that would make sense. Yeah, it's weird though to sense. turn down you. I think if he turns down UNLV, he's at Loyola of Chicago. I, I don't. I think the UNLV's. It, look, is it screwy? Yeah. Do they have to win now because the, the NFL is coming and maybe the NBA is coming soon? Probably. But there's a lot of things you can do it. You, you, you know, you can do it. The I think you can do it relatively the right way. I think you get players. Um, I think it's a great town. I think it's better to raise a family in than people think, although maybe that he's because he's a Midwestern Western guy, but, and they haven't had a, a great tactical coach, 
uh, maybe ever. Like, and you think, like, look, if you give him super, super talented players and he can get him to play his way, I don't know. I, I can't – like, Loyola Chicago just seems like such a tough job. I don't get it. Yeah, it's a, it, it, is a, it is a tough job. I think you also have to be careful, too. Like, you can miss your window. Um, you can, you know, he made the tournament last year, didn't this year, but obviously a very good coach. Um, I mean, I still don't think they're long. You still don't think what? Uh, uh, I, I, I still at Loyola Chicago for long term. Like, I think this is a guy that's ready for a big job. What the big job is, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. All right, let's get to, here's what I want to do. I'm just going to give the game. Let's just talk out these games. Cool enough? And then, and then, and then you yep. can go and party. You can go hang with your boys in Vegas. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. All right, here's what we're going to do. Let, let's start in in um, uh, chronological order in terms of when they'll begin. Minnesota, Louisville. My first glance at this one, Louisville, that thing's jumped up to a five-point deal for Louisville. I've seen Minnesota. I've seen them both in person. Um, I think I think they're both actually. I actually, I've grown, grown to really like Richard Pitino. I don't know how much you know him. I find him to be really funny. Very self-deprecating. The exact opposite of what you would think Rick Pitino's son would be. Like, you'd think he'd be pretentious and full of himself, and he's not. He's pretty funny. Yeah, and I think he kind of gets it, and I don't think he takes himself super seriously, and he's done a nice job. I just just don't think they have the shooting. And uh, where they're good, Louisville's probably better, right? Where where Minnesota's good is in that front court. And, and, yeah, go their, their shooting is definitely a concern, probably their biggest concern. Richard's even Richard brought that up to me earlier in the year. But the when they're good, like when Amir Coffee is good, because mm-hmm. like you know he's going to rebound around the ten. He gets into foul trouble sometimes. But when like Amir Coffee's rolling, they're very good. They, they what they're missing too is sitting over on the bench, and that's Marcus Carr. He was a uh, transfer. They thought transfer. they were going to get eligible. Yeah, they needed another ball handler. Um, yeah, and I they think he's you, like, they think he's a point guard though. I don't think he's a point guard. Do you? He's he's a combo. Yeah. He's a, he's a combo, but he can he can play with the ball in his hands. And they needed another guy. They didn't. You know, it's pretty clear they don't trust Isaiah Washington. No, and Isaiah Washington's basically Isaiah Washington's basically out of the rotation now too. So they're playing. You know, they're playing with du, uh, Dupree McBrayer and and they're playing Amir Coffee as the backup point guard. Yeah, right. Exactly. He plays with the ball in his hands quite a bit. You know who's yeah. good is the two freshmen, Oturu and uh, Gabe Kessler. Those two yeah. are heavy players. I completely agree. And then but, they have a what's the super athletic freshman too that he doesn't play that much. They got another big. They have another big kid. Yeah, um, he um, uh, Omarsa, and he'll he'll. Yes. I think he'll like slide in for Jordan Murphy. Obviously, big shoes to fill, but. He like he didn't play a ton for him this year, but I think next year he'll slide into that role more. Um, I really like, like. I like Jordan uh, Wara. I, lo- I mean, I, and and you know the guy who I can't believe only plays nineteen minutes a game is Stephen Enoch. Like that dude is so skilled. I I kind of don't understand why they don't play him more. Well, he's he's skilled, but he's a little inconsistent, and but he's built like a Greek god. He's got hands. He's got nice touch. I think he just goes and lapses. But I think another year in college, like I think, I think he could play in the NBA. No question. No question. Um, okay, so who do you like in the game? 
Um, I picked I picked Louisville, but I I honestly could see it going either way. Okay, close game. That's the most times. All right, here's one that everybody's talking about as a potential upset. Have you seen Yale in person? I have not. Okay, so I've seen them on. I've only seen them on tape, and they're pretty athletic for 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 an Ivy League team. Um, and they're taking on LSU. Who LSU when they walk into the gym, it's all like Florida State. You're like, damn, they got some dudes, and they have you know right. they're not the they're not the classic team with dudes that doesn't have a good point guard. They have a really good point guard in Tremont Waters. Uh, this is a a lot of people picking this as an upset. Do you see that happening? Well, I think it's possible. Like, look, LSU doesn't have their coach right now. It's like, you know, you take, uh, I guess this is probably like a dramatic way to put it. You take Phil Jackson off the Bulls. Are they the same? I don't know. Like, no. You take Will Wade off there. I mean, obviously they're, they're athletic. They have talent. But you're, you're, they don't have their coach. So I, I actually think from that standpoint, like, they're susceptible to Yale. There's, it could be Maryland. It could be Belmont. Any of those I could see. It's just hard for me. I can't pick them to go far in the tournament because they don't have their head coach. Yeah. So I yeah. certainly could be buying that Yale knocks them off. Now, they could also come out and just overwhelm you with their athleticism and just natural talent. But, you know, Yale's pretty good. You know, um, I, I can't say the name properly. they got a, uh, a pretty good forward prospect. Yeah. What, um, uh, what, I mean, there's, I can't see a way in which he coaches again there. Can you, on the other hand, I mean, like, like maybe it's different, but Bruce Pearl refused to talk to his president and he won the SEC tournament championship. Um, but it, it feels like this is different if Yahoo Sports, it seems to have, you know, somebody's heard a tape and his voice is on it. I, I don't, I don't see that happening for him. How do you, what are you hearing in terms of how it plays out? Yeah, well, I, I haven't necessarily like heard anything one way or other, but like when you're when you are examining the situation, UCLA or uh, not UCLA, LSU, the day after um, this all came out, when they suspended they suspended him, I think they acted so quickly that they don't have a choice now. Like they can't unsuspend him, and I don't think that he'll ever be able to prove himself guilty or innocent. I don't think they're going to ever be able to prove if he did or didn't pay anyone. So then it becomes his word versus theirs. And I, I also like, I understand why he's not talking to administration because that's what his lawyers told him to do. No, I, I get that. I, I get that there's, I get that there's probably no proof of an actual transaction. Like one of the things that seems to be missing here and then no one, and maybe you can speak to this because is I look, I remember when I was a kid, guys were talking about huge numbers and what they were getting. Now, with all those huge numbers, the only guy who ever, quote unquote, got paid was Jelani Gardner, right? And he got 30 grand. Now, that was a lot of money, and that brought down cash. And that was when Todd Bozeman was there, right? Todd Bozeman just got fired uh, today at Morgan State. Right. And that whole program went down because of it. But the, the, right. the point I was getting to was, I remember guys were then, back then, this is in 95, 94, dudes were like, well, I'm getting 75, I'm getting 100. It was a lot of, it was a lot of bullshit. It was a lot of big talk. 
So again, that doesn't mean guys aren't getting paid, but I also know that, look, I've been around basketball enough to know that people say things like, we'll take care of them, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. With the idea in mind, I think the players think, well, that means I'm going to get paid. And the reality to it is no payment is ever made. So I I do think that there is a possibility that there was never a transaction. The problem is that I don't there doesn't have to be in order for it to look bad in order for you to be fired for it. Yeah, of course. I agree with that. I mean, I think that there's uh, hundreds of conversations every year where someone asks for something and a coach wants to stay on that kid's list. So they are vague, but say what they want to hear. It's, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out one day. Now, obviously, what was heard on those wiretaps was stronger than we'll work it out one day, but you get what I'm going with this. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there are plenty of coaches that will say what they have to say to stay on a kid's list so maybe down the road when he's getting closer to decision, other stuff falls through and they're still there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Um, have you seen... New Mexico play, New Mexico State play? Um, a little, and I know offensively they're pretty impressive shooting the ball, and I think Chris Chans is a really good coach. Really good coach. Like, really, really good. You know, he, he was at Wichita State when they beat Gonzaga and they went to, to, the, to the Final Four, and he, he was a, you know, he had, I thought he... he you ever know, and I know he got in trouble with Bowling Green. I think he's gotten, he's gotten clean since. I don't know if he doesn't drink at all now or whatever. I do know that he's, you know, we all know why he lost the Bowling Green job. But I remember right. um, watching them practice. I get, and Greg was great to me. And he let me sit in on film session. And I remember, like, I was really impressed by Jans. And then they beat Gonzaga. And they're like, Gottlieb, you're coming back. You and Spiro, you're celebrating with us. And we went and we had... Spiro Diaz is a big scotch guy at the time. I don't know if he still is. And we drank some scotch, and then we went upstairs, and we, we hung out with them. And he was uncomfortably drunk. Like, he was, I was like, you know, like, when you've only been around a guy a couple nights, but the one night you're around him and they're drinking, he drank, drink, he's, he's had right. so much to drink, and he said some things that we were like, this is not the first time the guy's been uncomfortably drunk. That said, I think he's a hell of a coach, and... You know, I, I wonder how long he lasts at New Mexico State because somebody else is going to go like, yeah, he doesn't drink anymore. He's past those problems. I guess my question is, Auburn has done a lot with a little, right? They'll tell you that, like, look, we're not as talented as we were last year, uh, but we're a better team this year, in case in point, the SEC uh, SEC tournament championship. But I don't think this is a night and day in terms of talent. I love Jared Harper. I think he, he if it's a close game, he wins it. Do you think Auburn gets upset by New Mexico State? I think it's possible. I took Auburn in it uh, because I, I like how they've closed out the year. You know, I was having a conversation with Stephen Pearl versus Son, and he said that they're just doing a, real, uh, a lot better job of closing out games, winning close games. And I think if you watch them, that, that they were impressive in the SEC tournament. But here's the thing. They could go into the NCAA tournament, have one bad shooting night, and then it's a wrap. So I actually think this is one of the more fascinating first-round games. There's going to be a lot of three-pointers. It's mm-hmm. going to be fast-paced and fun to watch. And either outcome wouldn't surprise me. I picked Auburn, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I just I think they're like they're playing well and they're coming into the tournament with a lot of confidence. Florida State, Vermont. The Becker thing is interesting. I've heard he's a terrible interview uh, in terms of like for schools. <laughs> you know. 
Right. You're laughing because you've heard the same thing. I've never met him. I've never. No, no, I've never met him. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh, man. He's an amazing guy. Yes. He's like one of those guys that you're like, wow, this guy's really smart. This guy's really cool. And then you're like, wait, you played tennis? You were a tennis guy? Like, so weird. But I just, I've heard he's just, I don't think aloof is just, there's just not, like, you know, look, if you're going to coach at a real school and, I think Vermont's amazing what they've done to that program. Like from when Tom Brennan got into the NCAA tournament to now they, they're going to open a new arena in a couple of years. They got a big time AD, you know, they've had kind of a good little run here, a, a bunch of different coaches and they've all been good. Uh, but he's been amazing, but he just, he stays there because, you know, I heard he goes in on interviews and they're like, yeah, I don't know how he recruits, you know, higher level kids. Uh, cause all his kids are, are great kids. And I was like, uh, does it matter? I mean, I don't know. He seems to be doing well where he is. Um, okay. So they're taking on Florida state and Florida state is the ultimate airport team. Like they walk in, you're like, dude, every year, <laughs> but every year they seem to come up short in the NCAA tournament. Is this year any different? I actually kind of like them. Um, you're right about the all airport team and defensively, you know what you're getting from them. They're long, they're athletic, but it's kind of a similar scenario in the past year, they don't shoot it great. They're 218th in the country and shooting from three. Um, but there's something about them that I still kind of like. You know, they're good. They're, they have rim protectors, and they have athletic wings. Like Terrence Mann, Ter- Trent Forrest, MJ Walker, mm-hmm. those dudes can defend. Terrence Mann's really improved as a shooter. MJ Walker can score. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're a Final Four team. But it wouldn't shock me if we turn around and they were, you know, in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. Now, I don't have them in either, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they're crazy talented. But it's like, how many years have they done this to where you look and you're like, and they haven't, you know, people forget, like, they should have beat Duke at home. I know they got smashed by Carolina. Yeah. Um, and they went through that weird stretch where they lost to BC and to Pittsburgh. But, like, you, I, you can just see it, right? The, those guys in layup lines look down at BC and they're like, no fucking way are we losing to these guys. And, you know, turn around, they end up losing to, to BC. They shoot it poorly. Uh, they, at Pitt, they were uh, 2 of 22 from 3. That was just, that's just one of those all-time stinkers. But, you know, I mean, hell, they beat Virginia. They beat Virginia Tech. I mean, they're the exact opposite of Virginia in terms of they just have so much length and like they're just going to challenge every jump shot. I, they're, they're like the most interesting team because I could see them. I can't see them losing to Vermont, but I could see them losing pretty early. But I could see them going a long way. And if the bracket opens up for them, who knows? Um, right. I love what Izzo has changed offensively. Like he, he used to run all the old box set bullshit and some of the same old sets. And yeah, he runs a lot of horns now and some handoffs, but the angles and the ball screens have changed. Like, I think he, this team is 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 more fun to coach because he, he you know they call them our kind of guys, um, and they have you know they don't have the egos, they don't have the agendas, and they're not as front loaded with, with with forwards like they were last year. But I also think he, you know as much as those guys will give credit to the players and having you know more bought in guys and older guys that have no ego, I also think that they've done a better job as a staff putting their team in a better position. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think that's certainly fair. I actually, and this is maybe off topic, I think this is as good of a coaching job as Izzo's done once you consider like all the injuries they've had this year. No Josh Langford, they lose Nick Ward, Aarons is now doubt, and here they are winning the Big Ten, winning the Big Ten tournament, and he always seems to have his teams like playing really well late. 
They've won 10 of 11, beat Michigan three times in that span, beat Wisconsin twice. Like, there's there's something about this team that, like, I, I don't think they're as talented as some of these past Michigan State teams, but they do have one of the best point guards in the country, and they're, they play hard. Matt McQuaid stepped up, and he's more than just a, a shooter. Like, he's defending his position, and there's something about this team that I really like. I don't like that the, they're in Duke's region, but I like them. I don't like they play Thursday more than Duke's region, but I, I like him as well. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Cassius Winston, like, you look at him, you're like, is he even in shape? Like, he's kind of thick. He's a below-the-rim guy. Like a dumpy body. He has a bad body. Like, he's, he's a guy who's going to come back to school and twit the 20th anniversary of the Big Ten Championship. And that dude is, he, if he's not careful, like, he's going to be like 250. Right. And they'd be like, that's Cassius Winston. Like, yeah, that's Cassius Winston. Like he was a bad boy, but he little guys, he knows little guys. He uses his shoulder and a bump him to create space. And all they do is run around, set ball screens for him. So he gets a big guy and he doesn't need much time to get it off. And he shoots all these scoop shots like he's pretty remarkable player, pretty remarkable player. Um, All right. Let's let's get to Maryland. They take on Belmont. I think that game's going to be interesting because Bruno Fernando's going to have to guard out in the perimeter. But this was a year where there, there were strong rumors for a long time that, you know, Turge would look at the Nebraska job because uh, his, you know, his dad lives close. Um, that, you know, they, they had grown tired of Turge and he'd grown tired of them. He's got a super young team, and I know they didn't finish the way they wanted, but 22 and 10, 13 and 7 in the Big Ten, and, and a good seed in the NCAA tournament feels like this has been more than a job saver, like a stabilizing year for him. Am I crazy? No, I don't think so at all. Um, I think, I mean, one, he won 22 games, made the tournament. They've got talent. Um, statistically, they're pretty impressive. Uh, I, I, I like them. I picked Belmont in this game more because I think they're kind of my sleeper team. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, I think this, this, this year definitely helps Mark Turner. You, you mentioned Belmont's a sleeper team. Um, it's interesting. I, I did maybe, their game against, huh? Maybe sleeper is not the way to put it because, like, I think everyone's, they're kind of that trendy pick. But there's something about them that I just, I like. I've seen them a lot, too, obviously, living in Nashville. What is it you like? I mean, I, I know the things that I like about them, but you haven't seen them more. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that they have they have so many guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot, right? They're... Uh, and they've and and they have they've recruited a higher caliber of athlete, higher caliber of feels like a you know kid than you know, some of the some of the previous NCAA tournament teams. Um, and then you know, Windler is Windler has is I, you know he's pretty special as a college player. Yeah, I agree, and I think but I think they're more than just him because you can even like the first four game he kind of got lost offensively, maybe not lost is the word, but he wasn't aggressive. But he always yeah. rebounds. Like he had 14 rebounds in that game. The kid that's gotten a lot, a lot better is Kevin McLean. Like from when he was a freshman to now, and I mean he had 22, 29 points against Temple. They don't win that game without him. He's shooting it more consistently. He can get to the rim, and the point guard I think does a really good job of setting guys up, making plays. He can pass, and same with the big. Um, I, I I never say his name right, so his nickname's Moose. So I just call him Big Moose. But he's pretty skilled. And the Nick Masinski? Offensively, Nick, yeah. Nick Masinski, I think, yeah. 
Masinski, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very efficient. Like I'm, I'm yeah, looking I, at their ten pound stuff right now. Yeah. They're number two in two point field goal percentage in the country and forty nine in three point percentage. Yeah, I, the Ken Palm's interesting because I want to get to want to get to Utah State with the Ken Palm stuff. Um, all right, let's get to Kansas. I, I also have Belmont winning that game. Um, Northeastern playing Kansas. I saw Kansas early. I saw them when they had Doak. I saw them midseason when they lost to K State, and then I saw them late season when they lost to Oklahoma, and that was when the streak was officially over. Um, first, how legitimate do you, do you think Self would leave? No, I know those rumors are running rampant, but like I don't. Would he leave one day for an NBA job? I could see it, but like I don't. I'm not buying the stuff that he's leaving now. There's here's the thing, Doug. There are so many random rumors going around right now because of the FBI stuff that it's just it's hard to sift through what to and what not to believe. You know, I think with like the Calipari stuff that we were talking about today. It's easy to believe and to know that UCLA had interest in Calipari. It's the other side that you'd never know to believe or not is it reciprocated. And, you know, with, with self, like, you're pretty happy at Kansas. I, I don't see it. I don't either. Um, and, you know, like, look, they're going to defend him. Long's going to defend him. And, you know, the only thing is, is kids are out of the house. Uh, you know, I mean, how many more Big Ten, Big Twelve championships can you win? You know, do you want to start the streak over? And if it was the Bulls, like I've I've heard Lakers guys say, like they might go get an they might go get a college coach. It's got to be somebody who commands a room. And I actually think Bill would be a really good NBA coach. I do, just because. And I don't know how much time you spend around him. I spent a bunch around him. He just has a way where he um, he takes over a room, but doesn't do so where any bus balls. But he doesn't do so where you're like, mm, that guy's a dick. Like, no, that's not how he does it. Like he, uh, and look, now look, there are guys that he just turns on that are his the, his whipping boys, like any co- like any coach has. But um, he's pretty. He's got a pretty good way about him. And then I think you know all these guys that hire have to hire an offensive and defensive coordinator because the styles are so different. But I I don't I honestly don't know. Um, I, I don't think he's a lifer at Kansas. I don't. I think the NBA intrigues him. And I think you and I talked about this on Cowherd. Like, I think a lot of these guys are just kind of done with the whole college. Like, at some point, the college thing and chasing guys to class and recruiting kids, maybe it changes when they can go straight to the pros. But, like, think about it. You're going to be recruiting a kid, and if he blows up, you know, and he, he already commits to you, well, then he's going to go to the NBA draft. And you're like, well, now i got to go recruit another kid? Like, I don't think people have realized what a – you know what a mess that one's going to be um so that one will be super super interesting to see what happens um all right let's go to north northeastern bill cohen's a tremendous coach uh they won on a crazy run at the end of the year they've only lost i think two games since january 10th right they lost to charleston in overtime and they lost a thousand on the road by three. I mean, this has been, they were the best team in their league. They did get blown out early in the year by Syracuse. Uh, they got smashed by Virginia tech. They, they, you know, so they weren't, and they even lost to, to, to Vermont early in the year. So have you seen Northeastern at all? I, I've seen some, like I, I watched clips of the, um, championship game the kid that's averaging 18 points a game. Uh, how do you say it? Bossa? Mm-hmm. Sure, that's where we're going. 
Yeah. That's what we're going with. Yeah. So it it almost becomes like a referendum on Kansas, right? Like, dude, I don't care how many guys you've lost to injury and suspension and whatever. You know, no Doak, no DeSilvio. You know, you've had some disappointment. Like, you can't lose to Northeastern. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree with you. I mean, Kansas Kansas still has way more talent. They've still got um, Deidre Glosson, who's Mm -hmm. extremely productive. They've got good guards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 I agree. You can't like that's a game they need to win. That's a game they Marquette, Marquette, Murray State. I, I'm guessing, being a guy who's lived in the area, you like Murray State. I don't. No. Well, let me rephrase that. I do like Murray State. I do like John Morant. I picked Marquette and Marcus Howard. Um, look, I, I, it's, it's simply like I just think Marquette, Marquette's a better team. Um, John Morant's awesome. Um, Marquette's got a better supporting cast around Marcus Howard than I would say Murray State does around John Morant and that's not really a knock on Murray State like they've done a great job Matt McMahon I think is like a bright up and coming coach I think he'll he'll be a coach at a high major school in the next two or three years I just think uh, and I know Marquette's kind of sputtered down the stretch Mm -hmm. but I, I think Marcus Howard and the Hauser brothers um, and then they've got Theo John inside from a defensive standpoint. Sakar Adams, kind of their X factor. Uh, I think, I, for some reason, I I just think that they're going to go on a little run here. And I'm not saying they're going to Final Four, but mm-hmm. I, I don't see them losing to, to Murray State. I I, I don't I, I don't want to make it too big a deal of state championships, okay? And it's it's Wisconsin, but there's a reason right. that the Hauser boys won championships. Like I thoroughly enjoy watching them play. I saw them beat Xavier on the road. And, look, Xavier wasn't great this year. They just weren't. But Xavier played probably their best game of the year to date at, at, at that point against Marquette. And Marquette took every punch and still beat him. Um, I just I, – those guys make shots, make big plays. And, and they did that. That was Theo John was in foul trouble. I think they're pretty damn good. I, I'm, I agree with you on Marquette. I think that's one that everybody assumes 12-5, Murray State, John Morant. And I see Marquette being a lot better defensively than people realize. And, and they're a lot bigger than they've been. They used to be so diminutive. When they had those two little tiny guards last year uh, with Rowley, uh, they just – they couldn't yep. stop anybody, you know. And now you put – now they can at least, you know, Anum can really defend, really defend, and John can really defend the rim. And then, you know, the Hauser boys are big. They're not great, but they're big and they're more athletic than you think. Florida, Nevada. And it's interesting. I, I did the show on Stadium with, uh, with Goodman, and we had, uh, we had Muss on. And I asked him about how connected they were as a team. And he's like, oh, I don't even want to get that. Like, we lost four games. Like, we just lost in the Mount West tournament. We didn't have Jordan Caroline. And I, you know, like, now Canadians are mad at me because I said, you know, Florida's got an 18-year-old Canadian point guard. And like, oh, hey, why are you talking bad about Canada? I was like, nothing. I just happened to point out that he is Canadian. I think he's terrific, <laughs> but he just happens to be Canadian, and he's 18 years old. Um, and, you know, like... You know, I know they got some older dudes with Kevon Allen and and Jalen Hudson, who seems to have been there for years. But I just don't like I don't like them against a bunch of twenty three year old dudes that are that are pretty tough and feel like all right now now these games matter now they'll start playing harder. I I also like never got a great feel for Florida. I, they were they I think they've just been so up and down. Like I know they had the, they had a five game winning streak and then they mm-hmm. finished 
um, two of two of their last six. And I almost feel like Nevada's kind of coming into the tournament maybe a little undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's because of, you know, some of their losses. Like, you know, they lost San Diego State, they lost Utah State, they lost San Diego State again in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Um, I think you make a really good point about their experience. I mean, they've got to be one of the oldest teams in the country, if not the oldest. And they've been there before. You know, I was at, I was at their first two um NCAA tournament games last year. And, I mean, the Martin Twins just make big shots. You can count on Caroline being productive. Um, and uh, back to your, you know, Andrew Nimhart. I think Andrew Nimhart's going to be really good. I do, too. But, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's a little bit of a step slow is my only thing. And then he's 18, he's literally 18 years old. Yeah, he's young. He's young. Um, I actually think that could be a really good game. And I also, but I also think that, like, Nevada maybe is, like, I think maybe at the beginning of the season, they were almost like the um, kind of like um, popular pick to be, you know, top five to ten team. And it's almost like we've all kind of taken, maybe not everybody, but we've taken like a step back on them. And maybe they're coming in a little underrated. Yeah, I mean, a seven seed seems really low. It just does. It just does. I don't know. Um, I like Nevada in the game. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I'm wrong. Um, I would agree with you on Florida. I thought Mike had trouble figure, figuring this team out. I, I also think that, you know, as much as Kevon Allen's had a, had a really successful uh, career there, like there's some limitations there. He is, he's tiny, and uh, that, allow, that allows Jazz Johnson to play and have somebody he can guard. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think Nevada, I'm, I'm actually more of a buyer in Nevada than other people are. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, if they advance and they take on uh, Michigan, how they would do. Uh, how they would do with Michigan's um, kind of loading to the ball. You know, they're just not, they're an ISO team. They're not a team that, that spreads it, and you got to spread it, especially to the weak side. I mean, maybe Jazz Johnson goes crazy, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by Nevada and what happens with this team. Uh, Nova St. Mary's. So I'm a believer in Nova, and, you know, I saw him in the Big East tournament um, live against Providence. And I watched the championship game. I think Jay's kind of got this team going, going right. Like he told me before the tournament, I've got Eric Pascal, I've got Phil Booth, but I need like I need a third and fourth guy to like start consistently being there. And if you look at the Big East tournament, one of these three—Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, and um, Sadiq Bay—one of those three stepped up, or two stepped up each and every game. And I think those three are starting to be a little more reliable. And I think he's got them heading in the right direction. Like, I put them in my Sweet 16. Um, I kind of like them. I do, too. I just, I, you know, there's just, I mean, Booth just makes shots. I mean, that kid, he's unbelievable. Like, he's not very athletic. But the level of confidence he plays with and the poise that he plays with is crazy. Pascal is such a hard matchup, right? Because he's so freaky long and athletic but he has no neck so he's he doesn't look as he doesn't look as big as he plays um and this is not a great this is not a great st mary's team this is the same mary's team that's scuttled for a good amount of time on the other hand um look jordan ford can really shoot the basketball can really play and i don't think that that nova just overwhelms you athletically on the ball defensively that the way they have in the past and 
I, I think it'll be a close game. I do. Um, I'm with you on Nova. And there's, I mean, this is an unbelievable coaching job that Jay has done. Just, you know, probably better than what he did last year. He had so many players. I mean, they were completely bought in in terms of their system and style. But, um, but considering the beatings they were taking, the pressure that was on the team, and to get it together, however down the Big East was, it doesn't matter. Nova's everybody's biggest game. He's done an amazing job. And then I think Randy's done. Randy's one of these guys like, I don't, I, you know, I still don't know, other than the fact that he's, He's a tough interview. I still don't know how he's stayed at uh, at St. Mary's all this time. Um, all right, we're get, I'm not I'm not going to bring up Kentucky uh, in terms of Abilene Christian. What do you think Kentucky as a team right now? I actually really like them, and I said this. I can't remember if I said this on Herd or Speak, but I I, I think that the winner. Uh, I think I said it to you. The winner of Kentucky North Carolina goes to the championship game. Mm-hmm. And I think Kentucky is a completely different team from November, a completely different team from when they lost Seton Hall in December. I think that their point guard play is really developed. I think part of that's because Quad A Green left, and they were able to kind of get some just identity at that position with Ashton Hagens. He disrupts yep. things defensively. He can pass. And then Tyler Hero has really taken a, a positive step forward. And T.J. Washington, the last half of the season, played like a first-team All-American. All that combined, and I haven't even talked about Kelvin Johnson. So I think, like, I think, I actually think this is one of Calipari's really good coaching jobs, too. Like, I think he has them going in the right direction at just the right time. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if you watch, I don't know if you saw the SEC tournament semis when they, uh, when, when they lost to, uh, to Tennessee, they coughed that game up. They had mm-hmm. that game won, and Reed Travis fouled out. And there was yep. a couple loose balls that Reed Travis probably gets if he's in the game. And I think he's, he may be one of their most important players just because he's their kind of like their physical bulldozer inside that'll rebound. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like, I, I would not be surprised. I picked Duke in my bracket. I will not be surprised if they, if they were cutting down the nets. And I know you picked I, Yeah, I, I did. And, and I, it's interesting that the addition by subtraction in the guard spot, when you don't have a guy you have to put in that they had early this year and how much better they are because of it. You know, like I, I just your whole team. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, Quaddy Green. I I pointed out on Twitter. This is back when they lost to Duke. He he'd come into the game and he was like trying to prove himself. First, that he could make shots. Second, that he could run a team, and he wasn't great at either. And then there was terrible defensive balance. And then you know, it's just also when when guys are unhappy with their role. And guys are not really bought into it. Like it just, it's like the, it's like, it's like the flu. It passes through the team. And, and then at that point in time, even though, you know, even though you had Reed Travis who had played a bunch of college basketball, one, he hadn't played it with Kentucky. Like, I don't think he really understood, like it's different in Kentucky than it is at Stanford, but also they, I don't think they really understood how to use him. And maybe even Cal, like he hadn't had a guy like that. And maybe since right. he's been there, right? Like his, all his bigs are either stiffs that can only block shots, you know, or he had, you know, Anthony Davis that could, you know, he was a shot blocker, but he could do move. Like they didn't have a guy, a rugged guy like that who was developed, who had played and was older. So I think they all had to learn like they, and he made zero adjustments in that game. None. It was like, I want them to get their ass kicked, get their nose rubbed in it. Um, all right, let's go to, Oh, here's one. You've seen Seton Hall a ton. I've seen Wofford a good bit. I've seen Seton Hall a ton. Both teams have a guy that can give you 40. Who do you like and why? That, yeah, that's going to be fun. That, this one's going to be a lot of fun. 
I, I think that like the, the Wofford train is like rolling strong, but there's something about Seton Hall. I they just find a way. And don't get, yeah, and I actually thought that you could have made a really strong case, and I'm fine with Jay getting it, but I thought you could have made a really strong case for Kevin Willard being coach of the year in in the Big East. Um, I mean, they've got one guy that can just go out and just give you buckets. Now, the problem is if Miles Powell has a, a bad night, they're going to lose. But Sandro's played pretty well. Um, I went with Seton Hall, but I know like Wofford's the rage, and I get it because you know Fletcher can really shoot. They're 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 very good. They shoot it great in general. Um, but there's something about Seton Hall where they've just kind of been they've been a tad up and down throughout the year. But like, I mean, they had some really impressive games, and they very well could have beaten Villanova in that Big East tournament. No I, question. I, I like Seton Hall. I, I so you like him to win the game? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it'll be fascinating. Um, yeah, you, Miles Powell. I, I have this. I had this written down. In wins, he shoots forty-one percent from three. In losses, twenty-eight percent from three. So I mean, yeah, I mean, he, I, he could come out and have a, a bad night, and they're done. Yep. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot on his shoulders in terms of them winning or not winning. Yeah, and and Wofford's good defensively against the three, thirty-two percent. Um, and 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 one of the things about Wofford is like, yeah, they played some high majors. They didn't beat any of them, but they played some high. Like it's one of the weird things that we give credit. And I I did this on my pod last week where we talk about strength of schedule all the time. And NC State didn't make it, among other things, you know, for their strength of schedule. But the fact is, they actually played a pretty strong schedule. It's just those bottom seven games were so bad. But like, I don't I, do I think do I want you to play good teams? Like, yeah. But I also want would like you to beat one of them, you know. Yeah, or at you least. get credit. You don't get credit for just playing them tough. Yeah. Or well, even playing them tough is is like one thing, right? But like, you know, I mean, they played Kansas and they were smashed seventy two forty seven. Like they were smashed. They played Oklahoma, who's not great this year. The, the game wasn't terribly competitive. They played Carolina and they had beaten Carolina the year before. But they played Carolina in their own joint to start the year, and it was a close game for you know thirty minutes. And I, look, I think they have a good team, but I do. I'm, I'm with you. I do think the the hype train has gotten a little bit out of control, and we've we've lost sight for the fact that they're they're good. Uh, I don't. This one's a hard one. I would not go to. All right, here's one. I've seen this team a bunch because I did two of their games and uh, I did one of their games last year. And then I've seen Purdue a bunch and Purdue's an interesting team. I think Old Dominion beats them. Now, Old Dominion at times can't score. They just can't. But um, the way to beat Purdue is to attack Grady Eifert at the defensive end. You know, he's like a stretch four, great team guy. But if you look at why Minnesota beat them, what did they do? One, they limited... You know, the looks of Carson Edwards, and Carson Edwards is going to shoot no matter what. And then, two, defensively, <laughs> as good as Purdue is, um, as good as Purdue is, like, their weakness is the power forward spot, and B.J. Stith's their best player, and that's who they're going to go at him with. Yeah, Doug, I'll be honest with you, I've barely seen Old Dominion. So have you seen Have you seen that. Purdue? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've seen Purdue. And, okay, and so I, here's I, my I question on, on Carson Edwards. What do you th- like? I think Carson Quan Barkley with his body, like his 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 thighs are ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. But a lot of people don't love don't love him in terms of he just not he doesn't feel like even a Purdue guy. 
He hasn't been as efficient this year as last year. He's not shooting it near the percentage that he did last year. Um, just totally random fact. He played AAU at the Aaron Fox. It was a pretty fun yep. backcourt. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I get it. Like, there's um, in a weird way, I don't know if you get this comparison, but there's some Marcus Howard to him in mm-hmm. terms of like he can get a little shot happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirsty is the expression I like to use, but yes. <laughs> but there's like, there's still like this thing with him where like if he comes out and gets hot, it's a wrap. Because if he gets rolling, I mean, he can really make shots. And then Ryan Klein next to him can shoot it. Um, I actually thought, and I, I know I've said this about a couple guys, but like I thought Matt Painter did a really good job with this team. Because if you look at this team top to bottom, it's not like top 100 dudes. No, no. Uh, the dude I like the best who I mean, he can't shoot at all is, um, uh, what's the, um, what's the wing who's, he's like a one through four, but he can't shoot at all. No, he has no a, Joe Eastern. No Joe Eastern. He has, his, his free throw is Charles Barkley's golf swing, right? <laughs> no question. He's, but, he's a weird, he's a, he's a weird eval. For somebody who hasn't seen him explain, like, I mean, I think people see it, like he's he can cool. he can guard any position. He's big. He's strong. He seems smart, but he can't shoot at all. Yeah, but he, he he can't shoot. He's a little bit positionless, like vertically, like as an athlete, he's okay. Yeah, um, he's just like it's it's like in he's kind of like a point forward in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he can pass. Um, he's just versatile. Um, he, he's different. He's 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 a very unique player. He always has been. Um, did De'Aaron Fox and and Carson Edwards did they win a bunch of tournaments? Like I love De'Aaron Fox. They must have won everything, right? Um, um I don't know if they necessarily were in the UIBL. They played for um, Houston Hoops. They had some other dudes on that team too. But Carson Edwards wasn't like he was kind of he took off late. And was kind of well. I think he we had him in like the nineties. He was like a back end top one hundred player. Frank and Howard just got. Oh, did. go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, keep going. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. Keep going. Oh, I, I was just gonna say like he was he you know playing next to De'Aaron Fox. Like he didn't play with the ball in his hands because De'Aaron had it in his. So mm-hmm. it was hard to like he he looked like just an undersized two guard. And I mean, there's still some of that in him. But he's way more effective with the ball in his hands than you could see when you saw him in AAU. Um, how do you think losing Frank Howard affects Syracuse? Well, I mean, I think any time, especially this late, you take somebody off the team, it matters. Um, and, I mean, the, the guy had the ball, in his, the ball in his hands quite a bit. So I definitely think it matters. Um to 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 especially this late, like we're a day from the NCAA tournament, it matters. It's, gonna, it's a big deal, I think. Does Baylor beat him? Um, I picked Syracuse in my bracket. I did too. I think it'll be a good game, though. I'm with you. Um, all right, uh, that's all. That's all of the Thursday games that you'll be watching in Vegas. All of them. We picked every game. I cannot wait. My, I'm I'm here with four buddies, and all we, all they want to do is watch games and go eat go eat steak at night, and that's like that's like the perfect world for me. I can't believe I didn't go. Like I have a kind of a hall pass. <laughs> have I'm you ever done like, it? E? No. 
It's um, I did it a couple times when I was younger. It's just like like so I was a late ad to this trip, and my buddy's got five seats at the casino. Sports. You had to buy. So we'll you had to buy them. Right there. They got them for free. Some of the places okay. you have to buy them. Like I, I've actually when I did this a couple years ago, um, my buddy got like a table at Legacy Stadium, which is in the Palazzo, I think. And it's a really cool sports book. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I, those you had to like, there was a table of eight. And there was the day was like a thousand minimum. You had to spend on food and drinks and stuff like that. But we have tomorrow, we've just got seats. And they're free. But you have to book. They booked them like eight months ago. Mm. Uh, I, do you have time to run through this Friday games or you got to go? I need to go. They're, they're, okay. they're waiting on me. All right, all right. Let's go, um, Evan, Dan- Evan Daniels. Check him out on Twitter. Maybe we'll do this on his podcast tomorrow. Maybe we'll he'll, we'll have a drunken Evan Daniels after a day. There's all your Thursday games. Your final four is what? My final four is Kentucky, Duke, Virginia, and Texas Tech. Your and biggest up, your biggest your biggest upset early is what? Um, I had Belmont in the Sweet Sixteen over Maryland and, and LSU. Mm-hmm. You like Oregon too, didn't you? I liked Oregon. I think you said you liked that one as well. I did. Um, I, I mean, Oregon, like especially, I think that bracket opens up a little with Dean Wade out. You know, maybe UC Irvine wins that game. Maybe they don't. But even then, like Oregon could slide their way to the Sweet Sixteen. I picked Arizona State um, to beat Buffalo. I don't know how big of an upset you'd think that is. Um, that was probably my biggest. Was uh, Belmont. Belmont, Oregon. <clears throat> um, all right, dude. Listen, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me. Um, let's do this. Let's plan on next year. If you go again, I'll go. Because this is the cool thing was this year I got to be home on my son's birthday for the first time ever. I literally had never been home that. on my son's. I've never been home. That was uh, Tuesday. So I got to be home yet last night. And um, I usually miss it because I was, I was working on ESPN or I was working on CBS and now I'm not, and it's actually, I, it's, it's hard sometimes to watch it, but it's really cool to be home. But I, I, I got to do the Vegas thing. Van Pelt's told me I have to yeah. do the Vegas thing. Rosillo's told me I have to do the Vegas thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, don't get arrested. Enjoy yourself, and I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate it. See you, Doug. All right. That's Evan Daniels joining us. Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural, active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources, free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot com kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Hey, singles, do you feel like a tourist in your own town? Too busy to enjoy all your city has to offer? Events and Adventures organizes up to 30 unique get-togethers around town each and every month. We do all the work, so you have all the fun on your schedule. Visit places you didn't even know were places and get to know the fellow singles you didn't know you needed in your life. Fall in love with your hometown all over again by joining Events and Adventures. Get started by visiting eventsandadventures.com today. That's eventsandadventures.com. Where do you find the perfect graphic designer? Well, we found her at her home studio in Austin, Texas. But you can find her, and thousands like her, right now on Upwork. 
when the world is your workforce. Finding the perfect designer, developer, marketer, or whomever you may need becomes a whole lot easier. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 